Thank you for tuning in to Strategy Rewind. I'm your host, Miguel LeBron, and I'm a personal growth strategist. I help individuals think strategically and establish a strategy in order to be able to accomplish their breakthrough moment. And this podcast focuses on the strategies, the tactics, and the mindset necessary for a breakthrough moment. So when I did make my initial decision to heal, it was not for me. It was because I didn't want my kids to be affected. And so. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the program. I'm sitting here today with Vanessa Santiago. Vanessa, thank you so much for being part of the program. Thank you for having me. Yeah. For those who aren't familiar with the work you're doing, let them know about yourself. Can I start off with the fact that it looks like you have a guitar in your hand? And I know people don't get a visual, <laughs> but it looks like you had a guitar in your hand just now. I understand. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, who am I? What am I doing? Well, uh, my name is Vanessa Santiago. And oh, rewind. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. My name is Vanessa Hobbs. I recently <laughs> got married. It's been two months, so it's going to be a while before I threw that into the practice, but I have a podcast. It's called The Voice of Tamar. I talk a lot about my sexual assault and healing journey throughout that. I'm also a mom and a community health worker. I really love my community and um, I'm not really great at talking about myself. Is that good? Yeah, no, that's perfect. When we talk about building a community, as you mentioned there, right, you like building community. Oftentimes, because of traumatic events, people will actually isolate themselves as opposed to building community. Talk a little bit about kind of the strategy of coming over the other side and being willing to actually build a community. Wow, you didn't even ask me what my favorite color was. You went no, no, I didn't. No, <laughs> <laughs> no um, you know, I think that being isolated was my go-to for a really, really, really long time, but it felt very lonely. And then I found myself in the company of other people who seemed to be way more happy than I was. And I really wanted to experience that same degree of happiness. And so little by little, I would inch my way into small groups and invite, well, people would actually invite me to go grab coffee. And I really learned to really saturate myself with community so that I could understand the degree of freedom that other people were walking in that I was not in that moment. So what is your favorite color? What is teal? Teal. Teal. Thanks for asking. You begin to surround yourself with people that you see are happy and happiness becomes a possibility. Is that exactly what happened? Absolutely. I mean, I think I just spent a lot of time just being so tired of like being depressed. I was willing to try whatever. And um, prior to walking into community, the whatever was not the most positive thing, but going into community, I really began to experience a joy that did not mirror my current circumstance or even emotional life at that time. Traumatic events, regardless of what they may be, and we'll talk a little bit about what you cover on your podcast, but regardless of what the traumatic event may be, oftentimes that will leave us feeling paralyzed or even stuck. How do we become unstuck because of those traumatic experiences? Yeah, I mean, I really talk a lot about my relationship with God and how that was really important for me. 
I can't talk about my healing without talking about God. And I felt like while I was really hurting, there were moments where I would pray or be listening to music and God would begin to give me specific instructions. One of those instructions were for me to like burn this stack of journals that I had collected since the age of 14. And so I burned them in this fire. And for me, it was just like this brand new start. And so I think that when you're in the process of healing, one of the things you have to do is make a decision to do things that maybe are not familiar or comfortable for you, because it'll really snatch you out of kind of like that toxic, traumatic mentality. One of the things you mentioned was just seeing people happy made you say, okay, I have to try something different. So people are trying X amount of things, a number of things. How do you realize that what you're trying so far isn't working? And I know that may sound like a simple question, but oftentimes people are just treading, you know, in the, like the hamster wheel, just kind of going thinking this will pass, this will pass. How do we get out of that wheel and actually start putting things into action? Yeah, I mean, I think that obtaining true joy sometimes, especially when you've experienced traumatic events, you go into a season where things kind of get worse before they get better. And I think that a lot of times, I mean, I've personally been in a position where I chased temporary satisfaction, but it did not have longevity. And so I think that if you are in consistent need and even in a sense addicted to temporary things, that's when you know you're on this hamster wheel. And so I think that true joy at times comes after you turn around and face a lot of pain. But the really good thing about this is that even though it seems like it's going to get worse, when you come out of that, the joy that you experience has longevity and you don't have to keep refilling yourself every two seconds to obtain it. So within your podcast, you've covered in the last several seasons, your journey of being a single mother, of raising children. Of course, now you're married. Congratulations, right? Such an amazing feeling. (laughs) But talk a little bit about you know, being a single mother and dealing with the trauma and the effects of that trauma, because there are listeners right now who are in that situation, right? Feeling like I got to just do this all by myself. And it's just, I have to just rough it out. What solution, what strategy is there for that individual that feels that way? Yeah. I mean, I don't think that for me, the beginning approach was the most healthiest. I found myself in a place where I was so insecure and even feeling so unworthy that healing for me was just not enough. However, when I looked at my children, I felt like if I could look back at my family history and see the same behavior three and four or five generations back, it would be cruel of me to be aware of the very thing that is trying to suffocate my family and allow that to transfer over to my kids because of my refusal to change. So when I did make my initial decision to heal, it was not for me. It was because I didn't want my kids to be affected. And so for somebody else who may be experiencing this and is trying to figure out a way to heal or a way to start, sometimes those reasons don't begin with you and that's okay. But as long as you find a reason, when you pick up that momentum, yourself self-worth begins to increase. And then I believe that you begin to do it not only for that original reason, but also for you. And that will help you to gain momentum. That's awesome, right? The, the idea that you wanted healing, but you needed to find that reason why, and your children became that anchor initially to kind of turn the other side of trauma. 
Yeah. Obviously, there may be those who may be listening and aren't familiar fully with your story. So let's talk a little bit about your podcast, The Voice of Tamar, more specifically, the trauma and traumatic events that you do cover on the podcast. Although your story is one, there's one thing I want to initiate with, and is that in a particular episode, you covered the traumatic event of the passing of your brother. Speak a little bit about that. Yeah. So I started the podcast and then life happened because at times when we start to really share experiences, people have this assumption that you've arrived already. And so one of the things that I always share to my listeners is that I'm never at a place of arrival. I get to a pit stop and then God gives me the next leg of my journey. And so as I did the podcast, uh, I experienced yet another traumatic event, which was losing my brother. He was murdered in New York City around the pandemic. And that was traumatizing in itself because around that time in the news, you were seeing these boxes that were put side by side with people being buried because there was no room left in the cemetery. And so being that it was a pandemic and everybody was really running in chaos, not only were we dealing with the traumatic reality that my brother was murdered on a bus while he was sleeping, but that if we didn't go claim his body, that was the words that were given to us through the phone in a certain amount of time that they would be putting him in the very boxes that we saw in New York City. And so, you know, if you know me or my story or had a moment to listen to my documentary that's on YouTube, you know that a lot of the reasons why I made the decision to share my story was because my brother was also a victim of sexual assault by the same person who harmed me, but because of the life that he lived, he wasn't believed. And so not only was I suffering with the pain of losing my brother, who is the only reason, one of the reasons why I even begin to confess and heal and, and deal with my trauma, but then I dealt with the guilt that had I confess sooner or reached out sooner that maybe he wouldn't even been in the position that he was in in New York City and so I really feel like there's this grace over me to really share my experiences in time and God shields me during that so those are the kind of things that you see on my podcast you won't hear a story about 27 years ago and how I came out like some of the stuff happened that week and I'm sharing it because there was an impact and sometimes the podcast is even accountability for me to not give up in my own personal journey to heal and the layers that God decided for me to heal in. Yeah, I believe there's a particular episode where it seems as though you may have started recording in your car because you said, I just got out of Dollar Tree and I've just confronted someone. And uh, so really the podcast is that live in what's happening in your day to day. Yeah, it is. It is. And that was such an interesting story. And I found myself in my car oftentimes recording my podcast because I really cannot share one podcast without me being there. Like this is not mechanical. I can't just throw words together and do a podcast like these episodes come from my heart, my life, my vulnerability, my transparency. And so, you know, my car is like, my podcast studio. <laughs> studio on the road. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned something that I don't want to overlook here, which is the, the truth that your brother who passed away, your brother, he was also assaulted sexually by the same person who sexually assaulted you. But you mentioned that individuals did not believe him because of his background, because of his lifestyle. Talk a little bit about strategies or idea that the individual who's listening right now who maybe feels like no one's going to believe me because of the way I look because of the way I dress because of the way I talk what strengths could we provide so that they could actually bring forth that story yeah that that is that's a really good question so I 
believe that uh, the best strategy is sharing your experience with a friend and not a family member, not somebody that was directly affected by that trauma. And even to add on to um, what you wear and the lifestyle lifestyle that you live, sometimes it's even the person who did it, right? Because if they're someone who's very put together, very handsome, and not the typical guy who was in a white van that snatched you up, there are moments where people have this persona of someone. And so you kind of crying out and saying that somebody violated you in such a way will automatically have them believing that you are lying just because of who the person is. And so I think that you really find strength in sharing your experience with a trusted friend. And at times we don't really have a lot of people that we feel close to specifically because we've been sexually assaulted. And so that's when I always default to people going to therapy. And the reason why I say that is because although in the Hispanic and Black community, um, we have this mentality that we don't share what we've experienced outside of our homes, especially to a stranger, a therapist has gone to school to learn these techniques and spent thousands of dollars to really be in a position to help people. And this fear that somebody is going to tell your business is not as likely with someone who could potentially lose their license for sharing your information. And so there's safety um, in knowing that. And so find a trusted friend or a therapist. It has been my experience that sometimes people have the tendency, I think we're all guilty of this at one time or another, to just compare where we are to where someone else is. Uh, my belief is that strategy is the fine number of steps to help you obtain a breakthrough moment. But the key there is that you have to be able to identify where you are as opposed to where someone else is. And I think with reference to trauma, and I want you to just kind of correct me if I'm wrong, but I think with sometimes with trauma, we even play this game where we start saying, well, yeah, but it ain't as bad as that person's trauma. And we kind of start comparing what, what are your thoughts about this? Is that something you've seen? What are your thoughts? Yeah, so my way of dismantling comparison is that I always, if we're going to compare, that means the situation has to be identical. So you have to ask yourself, did they have my mom, my dad, my family, my neighborhood, my education? And by the time you get to the fifth or sixth thing, you realize that you're, that those things are not even comparable enough for you to line them up side by side. And I even go as far as saying that I don't believe in levels. I believe in locations, right? Because a lot of people will look at me and they'll be like, well, you've done four seasons of your podcast. Like clearly you have to be healed, but what about, so yeah, maybe I was healed to the degree that I could be as a single mom of children, but now going into marriage, that is another degree of healing another location that I've never been at before. And so I don't have an A++ in how to navigate trauma and triggers uh, now being married. And so when it comes to comparison, I really dismantle it by comparing, like really asking questions. And once you realize that your life and somebody else's life doesn't compare, you kind of don't give yourself the disservice of trying to further accelerate a process that is really in the timing of God. The podcast is the voice of Tamar. It's available online and on all audio streaming platforms. And it really almost chronicle your journey to where you are now. So we've kind of spoken a little bit about some of the struggles and trauma. We've spoken a little bit about being that single mother, but you're no longer in that position. You're now, as you mentioned, in a new location in your life, which is being married and with kids and now your kids are becoming teenagers, right? 
Yes, they are. So now you're a mother of teenage kids, <laughs> uh, <laughs> right? So talk a little bit about that part of just entering into this level, because oftentimes, and you alluded to this earlier, where you wanted to be happy, but it was like, am I heading the right direction? Am I doing the right thing? Or here you are in a position that maybe from the outside looking, and people would say, well, she's got it all figured out. As you mentioned, people may say you've already been healed, but still working out through that healing allowing someone else to be part of your journey that's not just a community but that actually is your life mate yeah so you know I, i'm i'm going to enjoy really discussing this in time uh, with my podcast but even in preparing for marriage we got engaged in november and we got married in june and i went into a, an extreme panic because you know i realized that there was a degree of intimacy that i would have to go into with my husband and not just sexually, but just in proximity in space and vulnerability and transparency that I couldn't hide behind. We're only going to date night for four hours. This is all of my life. And so I, you know, I've really pulled from wisdom for, from multiple different women who were married and they were telling me, man, I wish that somebody would have had this conversation that I'm having with you, um, with me before I got married and they were sexually assaulted. And so it's, it's been another journey. I spent seven months reading a lot of books about what to do, what not to do. A lot of conversations. I went through two rounds of marriage counseling because in my experience, kind of extreme but my husband saved himself and he has grown a, a life that was so much different than mine's and it's like now I come into this place where he's just been so separated and saved and sheltered and in ways in full transparency I came and I'm like I feel like I'm coming to you and I'm a damaged person because you're going to be walking on these degrees of eggshells because of the vulnerabilities and pains that I still have and yet he still had the grace for that so it's like man, there is marriage is not the arrival point for me. It's literally the next layer of really seeing the heart of God specifically through my husband as I heal um, in this next season of my journey. So I have not arrived nowhere. <laughs> September 2022 is the month, is the year. And we are gearing up towards what will be this new season of the voice of Tamar. For those who are not familiar, number one, with the story of Tamar, give us a quick synopsis on the story of Tamar, where that comes from, and then what can people expect for this new season? Yeah, so in 2 Samuel 13, you see David's son, Abnon, um, he returns to be sick for a moment because he becomes very obsessed with his half-sister, Tamar. She comes to take care of him per his request of his dad. And when she comes, he violates her. He rapes her. He takes advantage of her. And then he just tosses her out the door like nothing. And she becomes this disgraced woman who's literally ripping off her clothes and crying down the street. And so I wondered if Tamar would ever have a voice because you never hear about her beyond that point. And even when you go to Deuteronomy, it talks about a woman being taken advantage of. And it says that she cried out in the wilderness and nobody heard her. And so I'm like, I feel like Tamar deserves a part two. And so why not be that part two? And so that's why I have decided to call the podcast The Voice of Tamar. 
the journey to becoming a wife was a really big deal. I learned so many things. I read so many books. I learned even new degrees about myself in that time. And I still am. So I want to talk about that. Now that you're in the marriage club, like people be like, marriage has this club. And I was like, well, it can't be really that cool. But then you get into it and it's kind of cool because all these wives just begin to talk to you in different ways. And so I'm looking <laughs> forward to having women come on and discuss what it's like to be with their husbands after being sexually assaulted, the ones who were able to process trauma before and the ones who are even processing trauma along the way. I also have a few people who will come on and, and I've been honored to even have a young lady come on my podcast who was violated by her own father. And so she has even transparently shared her experience. So it's going to be a ride. I'm super excited. I feel like God is like giving me the green light and I'm running until he tells me to pause again. Now we live in a time frame where I think people in the general society have become more aware that men cry also Yeah. Uh, for a long time, at least within the Hispanic community. Uh, you know, with minority communities, it's more like, well, men don't cry, boys don't cry, you got to be tough, you got to be strong, etc. But I think people are getting to the place where they understand that boys cry also, men cry also. With that being said, in your previous seasons, you actually sat down with gentlemen who also experienced violation. Having those experience of conversations with them, what can you tell to that gentleman who's listening, who has experienced something, but isn't maybe ready or willing to confront or even talk about it. Yeah. First, listen to those two podcasts. I mean, the men that were able to share their experiences in past seasons of the podcast shared with such transparency. One of the gentlemen, he had not shared his full story with his girlfriend at the time, and they're now engaged to be married. And so, you know, there's this fear that people who know your experiences specifically from a man's side, that there will be questions about your sexuality, that there will be suggestions that you wanted it. There would even be this idea or stigma that you are going to be sexually promiscuous because we only use promiscuous when it comes to women in a way where you're trying to fill this empty void or validate your identity and so you know for the man who's experienced sexual assault there is no difference between a man and a woman especially when you were a child and did not have the you were not at, at the age to even give a legal consent I don't want you to carry a briefcase and the only thing on the inside of that briefcase is little toy cars that you wish you could have played with um but couldn't because your innocence was really snatched and so I ask men to seek the same degree of healing and do it without shame um because I really have seen God's hand really bless people as a result of just opening up that box and sharing your experiences yeah, I heard uh, recently a, a young lady who mentioned that in her in her life, she faced extreme poverty. And because of this extreme poverty, even though she wanted certain toys, Barbies and trucks, et cetera, she couldn't get them because, well, again, they were in extreme poverty. She finally got to a position in her life financially where she could have them. But of course, now she's an adult and is like, man, I can have them. I'm an adult. I can't buy them. And so she wrestled with herself when finally she decided, I'm going to go into the toy store and I'm going to buy the kid in me the toy that I was never able to have as a kid. So I think it's super important, as you're mentioning, just to be able to reflect and say, OK, what what did I not receive and and how can I get that now? How can I establish the life I want to live now with reference to those who are listening and want to connect with you? those who, because you've worked also with 
mentoring other individuals and helping them along their journey. So those who are listening and want to connect with you, how could they do so? Yeah, so um, I'm always available on Facebook. I don't respond as quickly as I should, but when I do, I give you my undivided attention. I also have a website. It's vanessa-santiago.com. But I'm, I'm really relaxed. I think a lot of people get really nervous about the idea of talking to me and maybe because they've seen me in person, they think I'm super serious, but that's not the case. I'm just a little introverted. So please um, reach out. And should you want me to walk with you in your own process of healing, I just want you to know that I'm a tough cookie and I will expect a hundred percent commitment from you so that I can give you my a hundred percent commitment as well. Vanessa, I want to say thank you. You were part of episode one, and now here you are back again on the Strategy Rewind podcast. Thank you so much for being part of the podcast. Thank you for having me. Yes, ma'am. What an amazing conversation. Thank you so much for being part of the program. And thank you so much to today's guest. Be sure to head over to the show notes because there you'll find more details on how to connect with them and all the amazing things they're doing. Of course, the question now is what's next? Where do you go to next from this conversation? You've got the information, but where do we go to next? The next step is for you to set up a free 30-minute strategy session by simply clicking in the link in our show notes or heading over to miguellebron.com. That's miguellebron.com. There, you can set up a free 30-minute strategy session and take all of the strategies that you've learned today and apply it so that you can have your breakthrough moment.